Hello there, and welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I'm your host. Today, I will be talking to Rüdiger Fritz and Veronika Schmidt-Lutz from SAP about the importance of OPC UA for business software. They will tell us what value SAP sees in OPC UA, They will talk about business context-driven control loops and the benefit of service-oriented architecture on the shop floor. And they will share one or the other success story involving SAP business software and OPC UA. Okay, without further ado, let's hear what they have to tell us. Hello, Veronica. Hello, Rüdiger. Thanks for joining. How are you? Hello. Thank you. Very good. Thank you very much. Hello. Yeah, thanks also from my side. I'm uh, anxious to talk to you and happy to record a nice podcast today. Good. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Please tell us a bit about yourself, your company, SAP. Most uh, listeners will have heard about you, but nevertheless, and your involvement to date with OPC Technology and the OPC Foundation. Maybe I give it a start. Yeah, my name is Veronika Schmidt-Lutz. I am chief product owner at SAP for manufacturing and chief product owner means I am in standard development organization of SAP for manufacturing and I'm responsible for the team of product managers guiding our standard development colleagues with all the different developments for our standard product that we are currently do. So my involvement in OPC is uh, for several years already. I'm uh, representing SAP in the OPC Board of Directors. And uh, for about two years now, I am the chair of the OPC Board. That's from my side, handing it over to Rüdiger. Yeah, thanks. Um, Rüdiger Fritz, 19 years with SAP now. Uh, also doing product management. I took care for our software called Plant Connectivity, um, which is actually the OPC UA client and has also an OPC UA server part. With regard to the OPC Foundation, I am supporting the board in an um, gremium that is called Market Consulting Board. So we are also discussing strategy and, and advise the board members with additional perspectives. Very good. Thank you both very much of making yourself available as two SAP specialists and in addition of course honored to have you veronica as the chairwoman of the opc board of directors with us today please tell us why will we be talking about opc ua and business software or what is the importance of opc ua for business software in general well opc ua is i think an important enabler for interoperability, interoperability between devices on the shop floor, but especially also interoperability between business software and devices on the shop floor. So Industry 4.0 is a, I would say, a very important topic, a hot topic these days. And the whole convergence between IT and OT, the software, business software coming together with the shop floor, with devices on the shop floor, is one of the key elements of Industry 4.0. So in my opinion, OPC UA is a very strong enabler for that kind of interoperability between business software and automation technology. So I personally think there is a high potential 
for manufacturing companies to improve their business processes when they have a connectivity to the shop floor. They can gain value out of OT data, out of automation data, when they really can combine their data from the business side with the data from the shop floor, from devices on the shop floor, from machines. So one example is that business processes that are connected to the shop floor can gain more flexibility, can get based on the information from the shop floor, maybe the business process is done in a slightly different way or maybe the other way around. A device on the shop floor can maybe react on information on the shop floor in a different manner based on the context from the business side. So I think bringing the two worlds together can provide more insights and can provide more flexibility. Very good. How does SAP support or leverage OPC UA? SAP is using OPC UA as, as I said, an important enabler. It's an important enabler for an easy to set up and a safe connectivity between our SAP business software and devices on the shop floor. So that's why we have included OPC UA in our offering for manufacturing. In the moment, we have included that in our on-premise offering, which is called the SAP Manufacturing Suite. And we have incorporated or included OPC UA in our cloud solution for manufacturing, which is the SAP Digital Manufacturing Cloud. Both solutions are using one component, which is called SAP Plant Connectivity. And SAP Plant Connectivity is, let's say, the last mile between our business software and the machines. And SAP Plant Connectivity is supporting OPC UA. So OPC UA is basically in, embedded, included in the SAP products for manufacturing. And, and allow me to add here that um, it is pretty much um, also the thinking in any direction, right? So it's not just about, as, as we often see, um, customers think and implement just a data acquisition scenario. Let's say you get a sensor value and try to do a data collection or big data stuff somewhere in a business application. But um, we are also ready to talk in the other direction. It means uh, There's absolutely the capability to um, feed machines with information. So whenever it is about bidirectional communication without classical hierarchy, top or bottom, our OPC client's plant connectivity is ready also to talk to the servers, for example, via methods. I think we come later also to this topic again. But um, it's important that we think not only in, in these pure mass data and data acquisition stories, we also think in control loops. Why does SAP see so much value in OPC UA? As I said, we see OPC UA as an important enabler for the connectivity between the business systems and the shop floor. So I think everybody knows SAP is coming from the top floor, means from the business environment, business systems. And what we are looking for is using OPC UA to have at the end processes that spans from the top floor to the shop floor, end-to-end -end processes, extending our business processes down to the shop floor. Very important is that end-to-end -end processing, for example, if you think about lot size one, 
personalized products. Personalized product means that the customer wish will be entered in the system by a customer order. Can be by web channel, can be by entering in the SAP software in the ERP system. But then this wish, which is in the customer order, needs to be translated, if this is a personalized product, into what the machine is producing. And this is what I mean if I say end-to-end process. So that desire, which is which is done in the customer order, is really produced as the customer wants to have it and then at the end delivered. And this means an end-to-end process between the top floor, the enterprise business system, and at the end, the devices on the on the shop floor with the automation level. So this end-to-end process is a very significant topic for SAP. That's why OPCA is very important. So that's number one. And number two is that having OPCA that makes it easier to integrate the top floor with the shop floor helps our customers, manufacturing companies, to gain insight and value from combining data, combining data from shop floor and from the top floor. So combining business data with some context information. So this means we get value out of the data. Uh, maybe allow me to add, uh, Veronica, also that when we think about SAP, so we started in 1972 and, and one of the success stories was that it was possible to standardize uh, enterprise resource planning, starting with the financials, accounting and so on. But to be honest, if we, if we look into the manufacturing world, uh, the automation pyramid and so on, we, we don't see so much standardization in the last decade. And OPC UA is the approach to standardization. So Uh, there is a good chance that every machine, every device inside a factory in today already in some factories, in other factories more and more, are talking the same language. And as we are here, everybody is talking English. We have a kind of basic standard and we can start to talk. Uh, I think in the past, certainly a lot was possible. But when you think about the multiple flavors of software that you find on the shop floor the closer you come to the machines the, the difference the more difference you find and here this argument of the chance to have a, a very good standardization deep down from top floor down to the shop floor there's the only chance to do this via opc ua what do you mean when you say gaining value from data uh, what does that mean in the context of opc ua i think New IT and OT technology these days allow to collect a huge amount of, of, of data. You can g- collect data from almost from every machine these days, from the sensors on the machines. And you also have quite a lot of data from, from the business side. So what I mean if I say gaining value from the data is what I feel is, yes, you can collect all that data and you can store the data, but what do you do with the data? And I believe bringing those information together from the shop floor and the top floor, from the machines and the business information, and then applying new algorithms on top of those data. Those algorithms that can then try to figure out to find some information out of the data. Let let me give you an example. Let's assume we are collecting some parameters, be it temperature, pressure, velocity, during the production process. Getting this information together with the configuration of the end product that the customer has ordered, with the information from the quality of the components used to produce it, and then bringing that into correlation with the end product. This is something where 
there might be a pattern that under specific circumstances, when the customer ordered a very high quality product and maybe the quality parameters of the components were maybe in a lower range and maybe there was a special condition during the shop floor and only in those circumstances, the quality goes down. Let's assume there are algorithms out there, let's call it artificial intelligence, neural networks or whatever deep learning algorithms that can judge whether there is a correlation and can be trained. These models can be trained based on some input data. And then maybe later on, when that kind of condition arises once again, then the system can raise the flag and say, oh, be careful, high likelihood that quality goes down because this correlation was, or this combination was already there in the past. And with this combination, there was a high likelihood that the quality goes down. So this is what I mean, getting value from the data, be able to check whether there are correlations in the data, whether there are patterns that has an impact on the quality, on the output, on the maintenance need of a machine. This is what I mean with gaining value from the data. And I would even add, there are also sometimes even simple processes. You mentioned already, Veronica, saying I need certain uh, configurations or detailed data directly from a sales order or let it be data that you need from the material master, set points, recipes for the machines. This is all information. If you combine this in a smart way and if you think more in business context-driven control loops, then from our perspective, there's a good chance that factories are getting more flexible and more efficient in the future. You just mentioned uh, business context-driven control loops. Can you please explain what you mean by that? Yeah, that's exactly the point. Certainly everybody knows in the automation world, a classical control loop. So you get the sensor input values, you go uh, for the control logic, and then you uh, set some actors and so on. So sensors, actors, classical control loop. But this is usually kind of hard-coded, hard-wired behavior inside a programmable logic controller. Works perfectly, absolutely. But the, this kind of behavior is certainly predicted or, yeah, as I said, hard-coded. In some cases, and I don't say that's in any case useful, but we, we think there is often a chance to say, let's think it a little bit more in the physical control loop, but also there's a chance to influence this physical control loop. For example, the material master or the sales order. If you say, um, Veronica mentioned the example as well, if you have an, a special customer who insists on very high quality, sure, every customer insists on high quality, but maybe a certain customer pays extra for it, then you might even instruct, uh, let's say, an, a robot to do a different job. So to put an, a workpiece on an extra quality check device. And for standard products, where this sales order says, oh, it's just a standard customer, you don't do this extra check. And this influences directly the production process. So there are many touch points where information coming from from master data all over the different business systems is influencing the automation and certainly a high high efficient microsecond based mass production does not care for this but when you think about especially this uh, personalized lot size one production or small lot sizes then the direct integration based on a standardized approach like OPC UA It, we, we think it's much easier to uh, nest these two worlds together. And that's, from my perspective, the essence of IT-OT convergence. 
sounds like service-oriented architecture, but isn't that a pure IT topic? Yeah, for sure, the, the world of business software or the IT guys start to think in web services already since long time. But on the other hand, why not thinking also a machine as a service provider? Right? So a robot, a production machine, even an injection molding machine, or whatever, a CNC machine actually is from an abstract perspective, nothing else than a service provider. You ask a robot to execute a job and he does a pick and place. He puts something from the left and puts it to the right or whatever. And it's now the question of how to orchestrate these different services. As I said before, you certainly can hard code the behavior under certain conditions, under certain sensor values. The action is coded. But thinking about the flexibility of independent service providers, which you just orchestrate. So as I said before, if I need now the special service for extra quality checks and I ask the robot to put the workpiece into this extra quality device, um, a quality check device, is maybe a different orchestration than for standard products and so on. And uh, if, if thinking about this lightweight orchestration of different service providers, from our perspective, there's a good chance to build up factories that can easily react on market changes. Let's say today you're specialized to produce green and yellow products. Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. Overall equipment effectiveness and so on. But tomorrow the market is asking for pink products with purple dots. So what to do? How to adjust the complete factory to produce now these pink products with purple dots? Maybe you have already all the assets. It's just a question of, of a different composition, of a different orchestration of these assets. And there, if, if starting to build up the complete factory with the mindset of service-oriented architectures and saying, I, I call methods, I call services to, to let the machine do something, then it's getting much easier and, and faster to rearrange and reorchestrate a factory. And then today you produce green and yellow products, but tomorrow it's easy to switch the complete factory to also produce pink products with purple dots. So um, from our perspective, the idea of ZOA, service-oriented architecture, which can be powered by uh, OPC UA, so all the concepts of calling methods are inside the specification since years, is something which should be leveraged much more than today. Yeah, maybe allow me to add here, just very simple. I mean, service-oriented architecture is used in the IT world for a decade, I would say. And it has helped to simplify programming in the IT world. Having that kind of service-oriented architecture as a layer on the devices, on the, on the OT world, also makes it much more simple for the two worlds, IT and OT. To talk to each other, it's simply the same, the same language. They share the same paradigm of communication. And that's why I think at the end, it just simplifies the, the communication between IT and OT. So what is then the benefit of service-oriented architecture on the shop floor? Yeah, for, from our perspective, um, this difficult-to-measure thing, which we could call flexibility, how to measure flexibility. But exactly as in the example be, before, how much does it cost today to change a complete factory? And if thinking in loosely coupled devices, which you can easily rearrange, then the result is you are more flexible than before. You don't need to stop your factory or just build up a new production line for this example of uh, pink products with purple dots. 
So it's even thinking these are right now the, the days of a lot of change. Let's see how coronavirus is really affecting everything. But it's a question of, of being faster and rearrange things, reorchestrate things. And there, the general idea of service-oriented architectures compared to project-specific, hard-coded, hard-wired, one-time-purpose production lines is maybe um, it's worth to think about. I'm not saying that this is the only way to go ahead. And, and we know um, automation, high-end automation is a complex thing. But let's take an example. You have somewhere a huge injection molding machine, which is highly efficient. And inside this machine, we are not thinking about any service orientation. But what happens with the ready-made product? So when when a robot, for example, or a handling device takes the, the product out of the injection molding machine and puts it to a pelletizer and the pelletizer brings it to an to a wrapping machine and so on. All these handovers to different assets that could be set up with uh, based on, on services, based on calling methods. So a system is asking to a device as a service provider, please execute this job and so on. So overall, to make this answer shorter, um, there is a big benefit from our perspective that over time, factories who follow more and more the idea of service-oriented architectures are getting more flexible, means they are much faster to adopt market trends. Do you see any limitations regarding the future success of OPC UA? Well, you're asking for limitations. Let me maybe start with saying I personally do think that OPC UA will gain more and more momentum and more and more adoption and importance in the market. Well, but coming back to the limitations, I think we have often heard that there are limits if you go into the brownfield area because there is no OPC UA available, machines cannot talk OPC UA. But I think, personally think, yes, it's more difficult in brownfield, but there are ways even to use OPC UA in the brownfield area. Yeah, retrofit also capabilities for OPC UA into existing machines. And yes, I mean, this is maybe more important, uh, more expensive at the beginning, but at the end, I think that finally it will pay off for the company if the company has everywhere a similar approach for connecting to machines, a similar approach for collecting data and talking to the machines. If it is the same, same way, at the end, it will be cheaper. I don't think that there are hard limitations, but I think there are some factors which are important for the future of OPC UA. So supporting and using not only OPC UA as an architecture, but using also the new semantical models, the companion specifications for the various devices and device types on the shop floor will play an important role in the future at the end to really harmonize the communication and at the end to really gain even more value out of it. Out of it. And last but not least, every standard lives from the adoption. So the most important element at the end will be how strong the adoption will be there for OPC UA. And I personally believe it will be there, but we will see how it evolves. Can you share one or the other success story involving SAP Business Software and OPC UA? Well, in such a podcast, I think I cannot uh, use any name of a dedicated customer. 
But what I can clearly say is that we are we are using OPCUA in our main manufacturing products of SAP, and we do have a big number of customers using that and leveraging OPCUA. And these are out of different industries, be it automotive, automotive supplier, consumer products, even fashion industry, industrial machinery. We do have a big customer base in different industries using and benefiting from using OPCUA. And maybe very interesting is that just in the last, I would say, one to three years, we get more and more the question from our prospects whether and how strong we support OPCUA in our product. So it gets one of the main topics, capabilities that our customers or prospects are asking before they decide on which manufacturing solution they are using on the shop floor. So we see there is a big need on the market. So customers are really asking for it. And and we absolutely know, certainly as Veronica said, we are not allowed to mention any names, but there are definitely products around you, even maybe right now while listening to this podcast, which are produced based on our software, which integrates with the um, shop floor, with the devices, with the machines based on OPC UA. So there's definitely a big momentum and usage and many see the value and, and we strongly support it. Okay, we're getting to the end. Is there any activity or development you have experienced lately or activities scheduled in the next few months or a final thought that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, maybe it would be interesting to visit SAP in combination with uh, real devices, with real machines. So that might be an interesting thing to see. And uh, I can just invite everybody to visit us. Maybe visit us at one of the next fairs. We are there at the Anova Fair this year with our open integrated factory booth, where we show different processes, end-to-end -end processes with integration to devices. So if you're, for example, in Waldorf, if you would like to visit us there, come to our campus and we can show you the capabilities of end-to-end -end processes and the benefit of OPC UA. Veronica Rüdiger, thanks a lot for sharing your knowledge and your thoughts regarding the importance of OPC UA for business software. If you, dear listener, want to learn more about OPC UA technology or about the OPC Foundation, you may want to listen to the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions or visit the website at opcfoundation.org. If you have a proposal for topics or maybe you're interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, Maybe you want to join one of the OPC UA companion specification working groups, or maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation or otherwise, please mail the OPC Foundation at office at opcfoundation.org. We'll put both the website URL and the mail address in the podcast notes. In future editions, I will be doing interviews with guests from Microsoft, IBM, the Industrial Kitchen Equipment Association, many others on such topics as cloud, certification, and companion specifications. It was great to have you with us today. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news. Looking forward to have you with us again. Veronica, Rüdiger, thank you very much for having been my guest today. Thanks to you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.